When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Deadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick. Here's review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or somewhere else. I never know how to do it now. I have to like, <laughs> retrain my brain. Uh, where we review everything going on in wrestling, not only Monday Night Raw, but also. <laughs> <laughs> so formal, you know, AW oh! Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet to review Monday Night Raw. I get the feeling that two of you aren't uh, going to agree with how I felt about this show. Well, I'm not going to agree with the extent with which you love this, apparently. Yeah. I just... I eagerly await some evidence for how that can be possible. <laughs> I thought this was all right. Um, I, it's... Triple H now has been in the job long enough that, like, over the last couple of weeks, it was actively pretty terrible. And I know he was off with COVID and Road Dog was in the chair, but it was his stuff. And it just... So this was better than the last couple of weeks, which I guess is how I would look at a Dynamite if I felt like Dynamite was in a bit of a slump and then it came out. But the bar for a good Dynamite is way, way, way higher than the bar for a good Raw. I enjoyed this, but so much of it was in comparison to what I thought were two pretty terrible weeks. That And that was, like... And even then, that's generous in some segments. There was one that I thought was a nightmare that I think you loved... So we're going to completely disagree over yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, this is absolutely rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. Highlighted by three things, one of which I was generous about enjoying because if you look at the big picture, it makes absolutely zero sense. Um, I, Papa H is a fraud. Who? who? <laughs> I was promised something by Papa H, right? I was promised basic, logical, incredibly dry professional wrestling storytelling. Am I even getting that anymore? I don't think so. Yeah, I had a really good time watching this because it was crap comedy. There was there was some like the the reveal I thought was quite genuinely quite interesting with the Gargano Miz yeah. Loomis stuff. Yeah. Romans on the show, you get big guys brawling, you get a, a really enjoyable match that reminded me, oh, that's why they like Austin Theory. You get a title change, you get a bit of fun. Like 
a bit of fun with the trick or street fight. I, 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 it flew by for me this show, but we'll get into it. We'll, we'll dissect it piece by piece. Uh, the show opened with the uh, Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair in action against Nikki Cross, who of course returned. Of course, returned last week. <laughs> she's got new music. She's back to a crazy version, uh, like she was a bit insanity, I suppose. Yeah. Um, back and forth stuff early on, and then uh, Cross traps Belair's leg in the ropes and targets her and traps her in the apron and beats her up and that takes us to a break when we come back uh, Belair fights back it's a backbreaker body slams a delayed vertical suplex but as she goes for a moonsault Nikki Cross gets her knees up uh, at one point crosses all over Bianca Belair's back on the outside and Bianca Belair realises the only way to get her off is just jumping backwards that looked like a rough spot for everyone to take um, and then of course damage Katara will come down to get involved Eo Sky and Dakota Kai run down to take the referee that allows Bailey to get herself involved of course we are days away from crown jewel uh she posts bel-air um cross because she's crazy decides to just fight everyone takes out bailey takes out the rest of uh damaged Kataral, um runs back into the ring but bailey has had time to uh, sorry bel-air has had time to recover and she snatches nikki cross up for the kod victory post-match there's a post-match attack from uh bailey and sky and kai but a returning Asuka and Alexa Bliss make the save. This had real uh, Rampage main event energy about it for me because I like the match almost in spite of itself and wouldn't have booked it because you've, much like with Matt Taven, uh, you've just brought Nikki Cross back. She sort of impresses in flashes Mm -hmm. and she loses. Now, I would much rather this be the way. And as say if this was on the preview yesterday and we had to be like, well, how are they going to get out of this? Because you've just brought Nikki Cross back and Bianca Belair's the champion. They haven't. They've actually given you the finish. Yeah. They've committed to a winner and a loser. That's absolutely the way to do it, but it's bad practice to book it in the first place because it was the main event segment that which she comes back as this big surprise, this difference maker in the division one way or the other. And you, like, I'm not advocating for just cheap finishes or throwing it out with a DQ. But you have already... This is a cheap finish. Well, it was cheap, but what I mean is you've already put a ceiling on how far this character can go for the short term because she's just been beaten. Yes, she can rebuild her back up. I'm not saying it's the end of the world or a burial or anything like that. But I just don't like this. It's, it feels like a bit of a trend because we had it with Emma as well, where you're encouraged to be interested in the trajectory of a character and they lose. And Candice LeRae lately, you just lose straight away almost. And I just... It was... It's, it's the same but different... This is, I always use that example. It's not Karrion Cross losing to Jeff Hardy in a minute on Raw. There are differences to this. <laughs> yes. There are differences to this. But I think it's less than ideal. I just wouldn't have booked this match. Um, yeah, there was the damage Katarl stuff with Bianca Belair build to, but I thought that was built to way more effectively in the main event, of which I've got a lot more praise for and was equal, equally committed in terms of delivering a winner or a loser. I just wouldn't have done this to Nikki Cross now. I thought the match was all right, which mm. is all the more reason why I wouldn't have done it to Nikki Cross. There was probably. What, a one month? Like, um, um, try try this as a mini TV feud rather than just she comes back last week and Bianca Belair deals with a problem. Triple H can't book. Said it for years and years. The man cannot book. Like, Jesus Christ. I would love to watch WWE do a world tour. Toronto, Cardiff, London, literally anywhere that isn't these American cities. I don't give a toss about the product or the matches which is remarkable to me considering how well it's doing in the ratings Mm. compared to AEW and indeed most other properties that aren't like major sports. Because was this match good or lacking heat? Or was it so drab, but it felt that way because no one cared about it? The work was fine. Mm -hmm. There were bits of decent character interaction, 
and they were like sort of committed in terms of how physical it was. So I can't really complain about the level of work and uh, effort applied here. But my God, just no one cares. No mm. one cares. And I, honestly, it's just I keep trying so hard not to acknowledge the worst people on Twitter. There are people who listen to this, many of whom probably aren't even on Twitter, and probably get bored of me talking about these idiots on Twitter who shouldn't even be acknowledged because they're such a small minority of fans. But what's Tony Khan going to do when he runs out of pops? Well, Triple H is doing the exact same kind of booking, and they're not even getting pops. <laughs> <laughs> like, when everyone's talking about casuals, casuals, and this, honestly, I've read that word enough where I know it's not just a small minority mm. of fans. There's enough people who have this stupid idea and argument in their heads. Uh, how the casuals meant to know about Bandido? Well, does it matter if they don't? Because in three minutes, he's going to do something amazing. And he's going to be encouraged to do something amazing on a TV show to get himself over. That's what he did. And he got himself over. And against all reason, because people know how overloaded this Dynamite roster is, everyone else f- fell into the same trap that Tony Khan has been falling into. I have to sign him. Not anybody else, but he's the last one. He's the last one. He's the last one. But the argument is that, pff, how am I meant to know? I'm an idiot. How am I to know who this wrestler is? I haven't had an explanation. I haven't had a series of vignettes. I haven't had a video package. Nikki Cross, on this evidence, everyone just watched the take. Uh, half, a third of WWE fans watched the takeovers, or half, not a single one watched that drab TV show that I turned into when Ryan Ward left. Mm. Uh, that's, the, that's the absolute reality. No one reacted to the Nikki Cross thing last week. Minimal exposition of, oh, she's a bit unhinged again. That's what the commentators were kind of having to say, because there's no substance to this character whatsoever. The crowd didn't react to anything. She did something really impressive, hence why she thought, right, now is the opportunity to sort of do the King Kong chest and do mm. my crazy sound. And a few people went, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, AEW fans know more about the Indies, Ring of Honor, and New Japan and GCW, in the case of Nick Gage, than WWE fans do of WWE NXT. <laughs> and I know I said that in the preview yesterday, but it's all the more apparent now, and it's mm. a very good take, actually. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Do more, do better. And how are they meant to care about her after the fact? That's the bigger problem for me, is that where, like, even if you don't so know... I kind of excused it in my mind, because she didn't, she didn't lose in a straight-up contest with, with Bianca Belair. She, she was an idiot. She busied, it, get you. she busied herself with taking out the rest of the damage idiot, control. If they'd have gone one-on-one yeah. on one and not, there's been, then a, you, there's a toss-up between. Do I think crazy lady Nikki Cross, who, as you said, is an idiot in this match, is going to go, right, okay, what I need to do is like really rationally think about my performance in match <laughs> yeah. and study. No, she's crazy. So, look, it's a farce. Vince McMahon had the worst habit as a booker and a promoter, and I'm not talking about the juvenile comedy. I'm not talking about who he decided to push and not push because, you know, he's got a track record. Even though he went about it in the worst possible way, he looked at Roman Reigns day one and said, that's him, that's him. He completely bungled it. He completely bungled it. But I don't, hand on heart, think I ever looked at Liaki and went, he's the guy, he's the man who's going to be the best and biggest thing in this company in the years to come. Vince McMahon did. He just didn't know how to spot that talent. The worst thing that Vince McMahon did did as a promoter in his latter brainworms years is he just had this horrendous habit of making people feel like they're just a guy. Just a guy. I think it was Voices of Wrestling who coined it Jag. Like, yeah, he's just a guy. He's been in it two weeks and he's just a guy. Emma, just a guy immediately. Candice LeRae, just a guy. Uh, now Nicky Cross, just a guy. 
Johnny Gargano in danger of becoming just a guy like there's just a guy's everywhere in Triple H's WWE, and that is one of the things I thought. Look, I'm not going to like the tropes. I'm not going to like the production. I'm not going to like the intensity. But at least they're going to be pushed like stars in very basic storylines. You know, they're just jags. I think Nikki Cross will mean to talk about this before we recorded. She'll probably turn babyface out of this. And it'll be, well, yeah, she's crazy, but she's our kind of crazy. And that reduces her even more so in a sense because it's almost like so if you're going to have this character, it can't really be so controlled. Unhinged ultimately has to be somebody that could go off the rails at any moment as a babyface. And WWE has a history of this. It kind of becomes very, it colours within the lines mm. and it just doesn't, they say crazy, but it never feels crazy. It's just crazy within the confines of this 10 minutes of television. There's no sense of danger. There's no, Eddie Kingston is a babyface that is crazy and he walks out, he doesn't care, there's ring music playing, there's a fight happening over there and that's where he said it. he resents the idea that he's got to do an interview with a with time cue. Nikki Cross isn't that. It's like, well, here's the crazy music, so here comes the crazy lady slapping fives. But she might not slap fives because she's crazy. <laughs> you just don't know. Just absolute crap. Absolute garbage booking. And uh We uh well I this is the thing, my thing with it all was was I, I think because I went into it going, well, there's gonna be no finish here. When I got a finish, I was like pleasantly surprised with it all. Uh, well, and you know, that's still gonna be the case for a little while longer in WWE. You get more of these than DQs and count outs now. Yeah. It, it'll take a while before it won't be the thing that we expect, but you, you do get more of them. So I was like, oh, that's a shame. I, I hope we get CB Anka Belair and, and Nikki Cross run it back because that's not a definitive victory. Yeah, I suppose. That's and how, we, selling, that's how selling, AEW would do and it. And they're selling the premium live event at the end of the day. Yeah. That's why Bailey sent a, a, you know, people to get involved, and but then it's backfired because it's set up what happened mm-hmm. a little bit later on. That was Clef, Kathy Kelly backstage. Here's what's happened before we move on. Triple H has decided, I want to bring some people back who I think are going to be stars in my new promotion that I've somehow looked into getting, <laughs> right? I want to bring back some of my stars from NXT. I'm Papa H. What I also want to do is book two War Games matches at Survivor Series, uh, one of them for the women, which is absolutely fine. It's about time that AEW did a major match like this for their women, but regardless... Nice intentions, poor execution. So he said, right, let's get some names back to facilitate this thing. How do we build the story around it? Right, well, we'll miscast at least two people. <laughs> we'll bring back potential names who could align loosely with the baby faces. And, uh, just beat them. Doesn't matter. Because then you can make other people look strong by beating them. And they'll get reactions when they'll come to the ring. But I'll get my war games, God damn it. So that doesn't really matter. And um, what's the premise of the stable war? Uh, Bailey can talk about control. I did this as a little sort of rhetorical question that no one in the What Culture Facebook comments section is going to answer. Michael Hamflit. Yeah. Right. Pop quiz. <laughs> Recite back to me uh, verbatim a single sentence that Bailey has said upon her return to WWE in 2022. Go. I can't. Like, I cannot do it. She calls people losers. She says, we're going to win the tonight. We're going to win the titles. Like they're fake stated aims. It's it's a rubbish act. Like I'm not, and I'm not here to defend it either. Wilborn? Yeah, no, I'm with him. I can't, I can't remember. He's been a real disappointment. Damage guitar for me. In contrast, can you name things that John Moxley said or Hangman Page or like Chris Jericho or something or like gargling people's piss <laughs> or MJF? This this copy is terrible. This group's motivation is terrible. The idea that uh, Asuka and Alexa Bliss are just hanging around Bianca Belair because she needs help is despite not really being friends with her beforehand. It's just so contrived. It's a series of contrivances and a series of losers. 
It's uh, I've said it for it weeks. I cannot I, book. It's terrible. I, th- I think the one match segment dynamite thing at the moment is in a better place than this has been pretty much since Damage Katarl arrived. It's PCB uh, Team Bella <laughs> stuff again. They've just I don't know how they've resorted back to the identical thing that Triple H even saw and was like, "Well, we need to fix that." He, he's I was putting him over. I think he had the reputation as probably the best North American women's wrestling booker ever. It's not a stacked class or anything, but I think that was him. <laughs> Vince Russo was better than this. He's losing. He's Vince le- Russo booked uh, the Gale Kim awesome, awesome Kong series. Yeah, like the, he, he's losing. This has been terrible. I think ultimately the end of this, like you break up damage. Cause we'll get to this later, I suppose. But he shouldn't have. This shouldn't have been so bad that you needed to just wreck on the whole thing in the first place. Yeah, it set up the uh, the main event later because uh, Belair, Asker, and Alexa Bliss were in the back. Um, Belair was saying only one person is going to be walking out of our last woman standing match on Saturday at Crown Jewel. Uh, I'm not going to be there alone. Alexa and, and Asker are going to be there just to keep out uh, damage the rest of Damage Katarl. Uh, and Bliss challenges Kai and Sky for a tag team title match tonight. Asker screams that they're not ready. Uh, then it was time for the face-to-face segment between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. They're going to be interviewed in, in separate rooms because they can't be controlled. But uh, Brock Lesnar's not there yet, but they're going to start without him. Bobby Lashley says, I'm not surprised. Lesnar's been ducking me for 20 years. I'm going to expose Lesnar just like I did when I beat him at the Rumble. And I was like, oh. Mm. Uh, um, and, last, and two weeks ago when I laid him out. Uh, I'm going to expose him as a Bobby Lashley wannabe. And then all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar's music hits and he enters and he looks in a really good mood and gets a, a great reaction, of course. I thought his pyro was just set up. <laughs> he, uh, he says, I didn't come to Texas for a sit-down interview. Uh, I want to t- treat the people of Texas to a good old-fashioned fight. He said, uh, maybe you couldn't read the memo, Bobby, that I sent to you. Come out here and let's have it out. Let's have a bare-knuckle fight then. <laughs> and uh, Lashley's ripping off the, the microphone in the screen and he rushes down and runs down to the ring, uh, walks down the aisle and the two Goliaths collide and Lesnar tackles him and then all security and officials and Bob Wagner uh, get involved <laughs> to, uh, to separate them. Triple H is there saying, keep away from each other. They break out. They have to be pulled back. Fights all off. Good old-fashioned, good old-fashioned uh, brawl, this. This ruled again. Um, I, sometimes um, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar had it as well. You can just do the same thing a few times and it can still be hot. And the, ultimately, if the crowd aren't reacting to it, you don't do it. You come up with something else. They haven't needed to. Mm-hmm. I was an advocate that about three or four weeks ago, they should have put in place the like no touch until crown jewel. I was wrong because it turns out you just do the br- do the brawl and now give them that as a punishment for not getting the match. You make it seem like they need the match so much that if they continue to do it, they can't have it. That's great because that preserves a bit of sport and integrity and these are two wrestlers that you absolutely want to preserve that for. They should care about killing each other, but look at them. They're supreme mega athlete figures in this in this otherwise sometimes quite daft charade of a competition. So I kind of couldn't have loved this more. It was a insane table spot away from being as good as the one from a fortnight ago. And considering that they're basically just repeating the thing, yeah. like fair play to them. I, I really like this. I really like this as well. Um, felt pumped, felt energized. It accomplished the job of making me want to see the match. And it's one of those ridiculous spectacle angles where it's like, does it really take 10 people to get him away from him in this case? Yes, it does. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, he's an absolute monster. I, I thought even Triple H was quite good mm. here as well. Felt legitimate, didn't he? Felt legitimate. Uh, he's always been a good performer, like deeply, deeply flawed and often very boring, but you don't get to where he was and where he got to without knowing 
the odd bit of like the odd flash of like knowing exactly what you're doing in this situation. It looked like it was irate. Looked like the match was threatening to fall apart. Mm. That the promoter really needed to promote and create the anticipation ahead of. It felt like he had been removed from his seat. <laughs> this again, right? Just you, you can't have the fight. You cannot have the fight if you do this. We booked a sit down for tonight. That's what we booked. How have you ended? How has this ended up like this? Yeah. When we had you in for a yeah. sit down, just the most simple, basic. Which I know I have a problem with at times, but if you executed this brilliantly, then that's the only thing you need. Yeah, really like that. Uh, then they announced, yes, the tag team title match will main event the evening. Then it was time for Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory, and this was the match where I thought. Now I get it with Austin Theory again. I, I liked him before, and I looked at this and I thought, yeah, that's why you put the briefcase on him. That's why he's your you know, golden boy going forward. This was the match that showcased it. Granted, it's against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins can make me probably look like a decent wrestler. But, yeah, I thought they had, I thought they had a great match uh, here. Uh, Rollins, obviously, he's got a bit of blonde as well now. Rollins outsmarting Theory early on. Uh, then Theory knocks Rollins in, off the apron to the announce table to take over. Chucks him into the steel steps. That takes us to a break. Uh, when we come back, going back and forth, Rollins hits a suicide dive and a falcon arrow to get a two count. Follows with a headbutt, a flying knee, and a thrust kick for two. Then they start trading cradles, and Theory just... Nails Rollins with this uh, punch um, and uh, hits him with a neck breaker, followed by a blockbuster. That gets a great near fall. He goes the A Town down. Rollins gets out of it. Then Theory catches him with a super kick and a forearm double down. He sets up for the pedigree, but Theory is taking too long. Uh, Rollins counters and hits the curb stomp for the one, two, three. I thought this was great. It was f- I did too, right? But it was funny that you came in the office this morning and we were talking a little bit about this match specifically. And you said, oh, like that, again, I get this Austin Theory thing now. I can understand that from the quality of this match, but I was completely the other way. I was just feasting on Seth Rollins getting to play a baby face. I'd said this a few weeks ago, all you need to do with that character now is have him laugh at a heel instead of a face and he's a baby. That's it. That was the last remaining piece. And it was so cathartic almost to get to see him like let out again, let out of his cage to work as a babyface, just to see how this this visionary of drip would work in in match. And I thought it worked brilliantly. He never, he still felt really cocky. Austin Theory was the perfect opponent to try this out against because he's so unlikable. He like he was a brilliant cut off merchant here. So we got a lot of stuff that made him feel like the sleazeball heel that he was clearly born to play. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rollins, for the first time, really, I know he did it a bit in the Riddle feud, but this was the first time he was properly off the leash. Go out there and be the biggest babyface you want to be, <laughs> in no less, because I'm an attire guy. Like those gold trunks with horns he wore when he he was the Kingslayer when he was finally vanquishing Triple H, so it almost felt like he was wanting to embrace as the biggest babyface he could possibly be on this specific night. The blonde hair is probably not an accident as well. Mm-hmm. It is this guy that thinks very much about his aesthetics. I was, I was just like. I was constantly enthralled by this match for getting to see Seth Rollins be this guy again. I don't know if it's just a short-term thing because he's maybe got some business still conduct with Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. That's still ongoing, I guess. But this felt like a little tryout for all of us. Felt like a tryout for Seth. You know it's coming. And it felt like a tryout for us as fans to be like, yeah, this this is coming. You're going to get more of it. And, and it might rule, actually. This is an absolutely sensational individual performance on the part of Seth Rollins. I'm not saying that <laughs> Austin Theory didn't enter his own sort of breakthrough Performance, if you like, probably a bit too old for that take now. But yeah, Seth Rollins, this was an individual masterclass. He was so, it was a spot where Austin Theory lunges at him for a strike. Seth Rollins is so good at just the last second evasion or just pretending it's not coming right in his face and just selling it as if he's been blindsided. In this example, he 
misses or evades the strike at the last second and in one swift motion springboards off the top rope, glances his knee at Theory's head and rolls through it all at once. Mm. It was absolutely majestic. You got a counter, aerial, strike, roll through, straight into the next sequence. It looked like Austin Theory had been completely and utterly overwhelmed by this intelligent master craftsman who was also still a remarkable athlete all mm. these years later. And because he was so good playing this veteran, he was still rapid, that when Austin Theory got his heat spot, he looked like this awesome wrestler for being able to subdue that. Mm. This is tremendous work from Seth Rollins. He is such a great professional wrestler, and they are probably going to have to scrap the fourth big Cody match. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how yeah. they're going to do it because it was, it was written off um, by, in storylines by Seth Rollins, but they've also publicized to drum up interest in this sort of, can't do the match, can you? Gimmick, whereas like, oh, no, I did it during training. They emphasize that oh, I did it during training. Yes, yeah, Seth had his fun at the end, but it was the training fault. Don't put it on Seth because that means I have to go after Seth. And you do not want to split that reaction because Seth Rollins is a baby face yeah. here. People are dying for it. People have been obviously dying for it for a while with the sing-alongs and the like, but this crowd, and they did it throughout this night, they get up for the last five minutes when the, when the things happen. They were into this story yeah. throughout every single minute because they want to cheer Seth Rollins. Don't do the Cody match. It'll be a mistake. Mm. This is the one, one of the few times on Monday Night Raw where I watch these matches. It goes over 10 minutes, and I don't think, all right, take it home, boys. Like, I thought it was yeah. perfect. It was like 15 minutes. Could have well, gone longer for me. I, I just re I love both guys, but I agree. I think Seth Rollins was, was to credit for the majority of this. To Cedric's point about the fans at WWE shows mainly only coming up for the finish, that's, I think that's part of it as well. These Triple H matches do go, as we've said before, you know, maybe five minutes longer at least. Um, when the fans are into it from the very beginning, that's when it doesn't feel like they're going mm -hmm. five minutes long. Often, the reason it feels five minutes longer is because they're yet to make a noise. And it's like, oh God, we've not even reached the noise-making part of the match yet. That means there's still five minutes left to go. <laughs> I am, um, I knew, you know, there's always a dream thing in wrestling that just simply can't happen. It was like loads of matches before WWE started running them as WrestleMania main events. My new dream thing in wrestling that simply can't happen is I want to see The Shield again. Like, it's fully formed versions of who they all are now, with all the little quirks of who they've become. I want to look at, I like, they've made, remember how, remember the pop when they got back together that one time, we thought it was never going to happen. And then they were just milking it, milking it, milking it. Now, imagine them now. Tribal Chief, this Rollins and John Moxley. Oh, I, I want that so much. Like, that's, like, put them against any three and it's a, like, main event. Well, you mentioned the Tribal Chief. Oh, my God. He uh, arrives next with Paul Heyman uh, in, in the midst of all this. Actually, I'm going to let you do your thing because it, it works better as an audio than as a tweet. Bray Wyatt's going to be at Crown Jewel on Saturday. <sighs> yeah, I'm so frustrated about this. Uncle Saudi, because that's how you say Saudi, not Saudi, because as soon as I tweeted it, thinking, oh, this is going to go insane. <laughs> and I was like, Americans say Saudi, don't they? Saudi Arabia. Uncle Hardy. Uh, Uncle Hardy. Uncle so, yes, it was time for uh, Roman Reigns. It's Saudi. Uh, Saudi, Saudi, Saudi. Saudi Arabia. Sergeant Slaughter and General Adnan used to say Saudi. So it should be good enough for the rest of our American listeners. Uh, unsurprisingly, I love this Roman Reigns segment. Oh, my God. Uh, he comes out. He gets... I mean, I saved loads of time as well on this. There's not even any like Sammy popping in the background. It's just Roman Reigns. You know, they've like pulled back on that on SmackDown because there's actual content to produce now, not on Raw in the three hours. You, you take your time, Roman. He's walking out. He's getting Roman chance. Also getting Usi chance. Yeah. He says, Dallas, Texas. Acknowledge me. And I, I acknowledge my tribal chief at mm -hmm. home as well. Um, 
They start chanting Usi again. The little smile creeps across his face. Um, and he says, don't worry, Sami Zayn and Jey Uso are off making things right. And soon Jey is going to be a new, more Usi. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man. He says, not for this Usi stuff, though. He said, look, how many times have I been out here and then hyped up an opponent of mine, spend time talking how great they are, and then guess what he did, Hamlet? He smashed him. Smashed him. <laughs> he did. Smashed him. When the time comes, he said, I'm the GOAT. He is the GOAT. Greatest of all time. Um, and he's going up against a guy oh, uh. who has only had two months. Well, PWI 500. Tell me when I'm done lies. Uh, <laughs> going up a guy who's only had two matches. And well, you're not telling a lie, dickhead, because it's for the year, not all time. Well, it's currently GOAT. Goat current. Current GOAT. PWI 500 around a Wilborn's heart. Oh, and once the Roman Reigns, I see. <laughs> Every year. Same guy. <laughs> he said he didn't, wasn't going to hype up a match against an outsider like Logan Paul. He says the tribal chief's not going to do that, but the wise man will. Got to make some money. Yeah. Gives the gives the uh, mic to Heyman, and uh, Heyman puts over again. Yeah, the steel that's in uh, Logan Paul's hand that he broke whilst he was training, and talks about that look. Paul is hard as well. Yeah, but metal's metal. Yeah, it's simple science. Uh, <laughs> oh, Roman Reigns' face. Oh my god! When Paul Heyman says he's been training with HBK. <laughs> oh no, watch Ooh, out. Oh, fancy Dan. <laughs> and then, of all people, the Mrs. music hits. And yeah. again, Roman Reigns' face. Oh my God. Give him the Oscar <laughs> right now. Because <laughs> he just looks like the Miz. Am I hearing this, Paul? The Miz is coming out. Miz does all of his snazzy entries and then's like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> as soon as he gets in the ring, he says, Roman Reigns, I acknowledge you. Uh, and uh, he says, "Yeah, yeah, look, you know, I've got, I've got history with Logan Paul. I'm the one who, I'm the one who brought him in, and I know all about this, uh, this weapon that he's got. I know about his strengths. I know about his weaknesses. I know about his heavy punch. I know he, he knocked out Jay, of course. Uh, and he said, look, maybe, uh, maybe we could work together. Maybe I can, you know, I've got a bit of a problem myself, but maybe I can help you neutralize Logan Paul. Reigns is like, oh, what's the good deal? I love the the menace of like." Don't trust him putting his arm around you anytime Roman Reigns does yeah. that. I'm like, cool, that guy's about to die. <laughs> and he says, oh, yeah, it's one of those you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours sort of things. I don't know why, but I've just, just ruined the whole segment for myself. Funny thing about my back is it's located on my cack. <laughs> <laughs> right, where are we? Oh, yeah. And he says, uh, just, just one thing. Scratch my cack. <laughs> One thing uh, I gotta ask you, Miss, uh, why is everyone talking about Logan Paul knocking me out? And he superman punches Miz, knocks him out cold. He says, Logan Paul's not gonna knock me out. I'm gonna knock him out. And when I do, everyone will have no choice but to acknowledge me. And he walks out, and as he's walking out, he's yelling down the camera and oh rock hard. He's saying, I've run this place. I'm tired of being humble. I'll run this whole goddamn show. He's the best. Is he like this on the SmackDown review? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah, this button. I've broken it. Oh, my God. Got broken on that. that. Well, first of all, it's my f***ing button. It's <laughs> my catchphrase. Now you give all the pops to Renee. I don't even have that. When was the last time I even said? Yeah, we need to. We need to pull it I'm back not going to say it on this show. I'll tell you that for now. You have to wait until tomorrow. You still to get your that. own button though. Don't sing me again. I don't have my own button. Yeah. Um, was it all worth it for Roman Reigns to be really cool and aggressive and menacing and the biggest star in the company as he went up the ramp? Yes. I, yes. Already, I, I already knew that. I already knew that. 
did this. What did this segment seek to achieve, Mr. Wilborn? Sell you on uh, sell you on the pay-per-view. Yeah, any bigger on the prospect? Yeah, because he's, he's talking a big game, and he's this one lucky punch. They've sold me on one lucky punch. He's going to hit that punch on Saturday. And sold I'll be me going. on a month ago. This didn't do enough for me. Did not do enough for me. I don't like uh, frivolous. I don't want to, the implication that Dexter Loomis and, the, and Roman are linked in storyline. <laughs> uh, the idea that Roman is above all this. He sort of condescends to come back because it's his. He doesn't get that much about what happens at the rest of it. As long as he's on top, it'll all be fine. The idea that he exists in the same universe as Dexter Loomis. I don't want that. Do not want that. Do not want that. And I don't want to watch the match any more than I did before this segment. I thought this was really nicely done. I like like Roman Reigns' performance throughout. Like end to end was just tremendous. Um, but I thought this showed quite a bit of thought more it's than the main event of a stadium show. Roman no Roman Reigns doing a doing a raw speaking. like stunt cast typically would lead to absolutely nothing, and it would be a. Um, Disappointment, I guess, and you don't want to come away from Roman Reigns feeling disappointed. They have not only thought, well, yeah, he's got to come out and he's got to promote the match, he's got to reiterate this message about the punch. Ideally, he's got to throw a punch of his own because you've got to see that it doesn't matter that somebody's got a robot fist because Roman Reigns is simply harder. I genuinely like that in kayfabe, the Miz has been panicking about this role all week and he's scrambling around in the dark looking for any way that he can stop the secret coming out or stop Johnny Gargano revealing it, and he's that desperate that he thinks Roman Reigns is on Raw, he's my guy. How, what have I got? What have I got? I've got experience with Logan Paul. Mm. Like, I, I was impressed with the thought of, okay, like, okay, I, I see okay, what you're okay, saying okay. about, but I do see what you're saying about folding Roman Reigns into Dexter Lumis in a real sense. Oh, yeah, these exist in the same shows. It's yeah. all rubbish. But in a kayfabe sense, I think that's quite a nice interaction of those two storylines as a way to just make this not just seem like an excuse to put Roman on telly. And I, just, I quite liked how all these things joined together. Um, less so in the fact that Miz was emotionally drained, mentally defeated, and physically knackered, and we were supposed to be like, hey, great babyface, Musa Ali, <laughs> massively advantaging the babyface later on. But if that match had never happened, and this is just the Miz, just desperate for... And I would sell from the Miz as well. Uh, yeah. Went down like a sack of... Yeah. So, this, so week, this week where Braun Strowman's eating a Superman punch at a live show that looked absolutely sensational as well. You see this? You heard about this? I saw that, yeah. It's tremendous. Oof. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, Miz is in the trainer's room. He's got an ice pack to his face later on. Kathy Kelly approached him and says, uh, you do know um, Johnny Gargano's done a whole tell-all interview with Byron Saxon, don't you? And Miz is like, should, don't care. Doesn't matter. Journalists like you should know that uh, if you haven't got your sources verified, then you, then you can't do it. And Dex Loomis can't even speak. And uh, Mustafa Ali, I, I'm a child. Everything's bigger in Texas, except your daddy boss. I was like, yeah, I got him. And he's uh, apparently trying to get his match cancelled, but he was like, no, I'm going to beat your ass tonight, Mustafa Ali. And he's going to get some gear and stuff. Oh, mm. I love the gear. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, yeah, that was the... You got tiny what? Crap. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Absolute tiny crap. Blob. Absolute crap. There are two characters on this show, Mustafa Ali and Johnny Gargano. They are the same. They are little scrappy wrestler lads who have been told, you're going to be Zach Morrison kick pads. On this main roster, and you're going to have terrible thir- three camera sitcom delivery. Freeze frame? Has he got tiny balls? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tiny balls, most of her. Like, stupid prop comics, terrible three camera sitcom joke delivery. Just being little obnoxious, unlikable brats with the zinger before the commercial break. <laughs> 
I, I think he's a. God, I hate the character. I hate this archetype of a character. I just think he's a geek. It's all. It's funny to me. I think because these are very Triple H things at present. It's Gargano as well, but it is happening to Ali. Like, uh, got any motivation, boss? Anything else to try? Your kid watches tapes, and it's just the DX run from '98. Yeah, high school jocks. It's like just force feed them loads and loads of DX. Look how cool I was. Like next week, like Johnny Gargano's got a Kangol hat. Is this what you're on about, boss? <laughs> kind of. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, what followed that was Carl uh, Anderson versus Damien Priest. No, we're not skipping that. We're skipping the JBL segment later on. I'm oh. decision. I'm not talking about that bollocks with him. Carl oh. Anderson versus oh, Damien Priest. Slapping it on the table the OC. That's so uh, tiny balls. I, I hated that segment so much. I skipped it in real life, so I haven't even got any notes for it. Yeah, so we're going to have to skip that. That's fine. Uh, the OC and, uh, and Judgment Day, of course, um, led by uh, Dominic Mysterio, are going to be uh, facing off uh, Crown Jewel. Uh, yeah, back and forth match. It was, it was not. It was an out and out, not neither an out or out or anything. This um, Anderson makes a comeback. Bright lights um, hits a spine buster for a two count. Rhea Ripley gets a distraction. Priest hits a flatliner, and then Anderson counters the reckoning into a backslide for a surprise pinfall victory. Immediately afterwards, Judgment Day slide in, attack Anderson. He gets saved by uh, uh, Styles and Daddy Dangley, but then Daddy Dangley gets hit by Rhea Ripley in the balls. Oh my god! Uh, with a low blow. Uh, and she says, go on to Styles and Anderson, take me on. And then Judgment Day, the rest of them attack them from behind. Priest hits Styles with a razor's edge. Finn Balor gives Anderson a coup de grace. And then Dominic Mysterio, uh, the star of the show, goes up top and hits a frog Marie's splash. voice for Dominic Mysterio's <laughs> heel best, character. He's the best luchador of all time, Sige. How many luchador matches have you watched? How many matches have you watched that have taken place in Mexico? Um, uh, where... No, no, I don't, think, I don't think I've got it. I feel like you've just walked into the office in a Ramones t-shirt. Give me six Ramones songs right now. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He's the best. I love the beatdown, so I'm not 
Yeah. Totally against that. I, like, the match was nothing. Less than nothing, in fact. But One action shot from the gallery on WWE.com today was... Um, Wrestled. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not happening. Clearly, these lights weren't bright enough. But the uh, the beatdown, I, I just think the Judgment Day are really, really fun to watch yeah. as dickheads. So, of course, it stands to reason that I would be entertained by a heel beatdown. Um, and maybe less so than you. But I'm absolutely with like Dominic Mysterio now doing a frog splash. Like I'm, the, I think the Eddie Guerrero line is sort of brilliant. Actually, only only the wrestler Eddie Guerrero could have been. Like it's, yeah, it's a good, good. meta heel bit, yeah. and it's effective because the arena hates it. Every arena absolutely hates the idea that he dares to channel in any way the great Eddie Guerrero. And I guess on a functional level, it was smart that he got the last say in the segment because he's going to eat crap at Crown Jewel and all the rest of it. Biggest babyface and big, biggest heel in all of wrestling, both in WWE. Sami Zayn, Dominic Mysterio. Well, yeah, in terms of reaction. Is MJF going to be happy M- with this? MJF's in, the, MJF's in the middle. He can't decide. John Moxley? Face or a heel, so. John Moxley? Mm, he goggles piss, come on. Uh, he's, he's handed he's handed you a loaded weapon with that line, hasn't he? I, I can, all, was, I I can already was, tell. I thought he was insufferable enough that <laughs> WWE was earnestly getting praise for <laughs> on actually decent shows by their standards, and now that he's still doing this when it's absolutely crap, it's absolutely infuriating to me. This match, I sighed. Angry on... When I saw the finish, backslide, that means he didn't really win. Yeah. See, even though Bret Hart used to make an art of winning like this, it doesn't really matter. In wrestling, didn't, doesn't matter. Drew won with one. Drew and Randy Orton was like, Randy was like, was that oh, a great. Slam? Yeah, oh, great. That means I get a rematch then, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> so, backslide, as soon as you see it, it gets a three. It's like, oh, well, they're not going to sell this. And in fact, they didn't. It was just an instant, right? Everyone stormed the ring, do your stupid beat down. This was treading water. This was uninteresting, crap, boring match. And I can't really give you any analysis on it because I skipped it in my heart. Yeah, this was the low point of the show for me. Why did you put it over then? What? In a performative way. No, the the finish, the Dominic Mysterio stuff was great. Rey Mysterio would rather be brutalized by Imperium than be anywhere oh, near yeah. this. That's funny. Has anyone, That's good. Has anyone about Dominic said Grey Mysterio yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he is. He's a bit better now. Uh, all right, MVP cuts a promo with Omos about Braun Strowman and says they're going to be on SmackDown. They're going to have a surprise for him. You should bring Dominic. That'd be good. Preview. It'd be a nightmare for Ray. Yeah, no. of that, won't it? What the surprise? What's the surprise? Yeah, I was like, that ah, good. That's one note ticked off for Friday's <laughs> preview. Good. Uh, JBL entered. Skip. Skip. Apparently, skip. Yeah. I hate this whole. I segment. did suck though. It's an awful, awful idea. Being badly executed. This yeah. end. This. Some, uh, Triple H should be able to there, see when something's crap. Come on, WWE. Enough of this. Now time for A. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five star review review is brought to you by Rick Lynn, who's from Texas. Oh, oh howdy, Rick! <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Hope you enjoyed Raw. You could have made a bit more noise, Rick. Um, You're just plain old Rick. Can't catch your tongue, Rick. Well, Rick uh, writes, greetings. Cheers, Rick. We really appreciate <laughs> Thanks, Rick. We do really appreciate your listen. We're just like to banter off Americans. Uh, he writes, greetings and salutations, gentlemen. Uh, he says, I've been a listener for a while, discovered your show after listening to Talk is Jericho, and your show popped up in my suggestions. Uh, I was captivated. M- mixed, mixed feelings about that. <laughs> I was captivated by all of Wilborn's gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And especially love is Tony D'Angelo and Stax voices. The Tony D'Angelo I get the Stax Stax voices. I don't I don't know what he's referencing there. 
He must hear that other lad that does. Does he think that sometimes. I'm doing the voice? Because I'm here as well when Stacks. Yeah, you do great, Tony D. Yeah. Have you, you've never done that for Stacks, have you? No, I, I, I think that's a really interesting thing to think I about. I think that as a little plug for the NXT preview later, you should do a Stacks voice and see how it okay. stacks up okay. nice. with Stacks. So what's like, what's like a, a sentence that Stacks would say? Like, Well, I've just plugged it for the NXT preview. Oh, so on the preview. Listen. Sorry, I thought so you meant, yeah. okay, yeah. So I think my business. <laughs> uh, do I know how to work? I recently <laughs> turned 14 on September the 6th. Uh, I'm homeschooled, and my mum was very confused when I bust out laughing in the middle of maths uh, due to the Tony D Airlines bit, uh, which I'd been listening to whilst doing math. Right, first of all, it's maths, Rick. But uh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> you learn that in uh, English. Rick, you learn that get, in English class. Get back in touch with us. Was it trig? <laughs> it was a trig. If you Did hold- we do trig? It's school. But trigonometry. Might have featured a little bit of maths, but not we did like We did pure maths. Do you know what we didn't do? That was also <laughs> pure. pure maths. You know what we also stats? didn't do? <laughs> They've also got the, when they got Three the Three road breaks with them. Yeah. Pure maths. Hey, uh, you got the uh, homework from Miss Thompson's calculus class? What the f is calculus class? <laughs> like, what was that? that was calculus, there's trig. Does Rick, because he's homeschooled, does he even have a study hall? Yeah, good point. Does he need, if he needs to go to the toilet, does he ask his mum for a hall pass? Hmm. I gotta go to the cafeteria. <laughs> I gotta go to the can. Can I get a hall pass? Yeah. Imagine he's just like, I don't know why hey, we're uh, doing it like this because that teacher's really breaking my balls. <laughs> breaking my balls. What do what, you say? What do you say, Rick? Just at the dinner table. <laughs> nah, this teacher's real pain in the ass. Oh my god. Hey, you guys uh, think Miss Lynn sucks ass? <laughs> uh, anyway. When That's I, Rick. Sorry, we know you don't talk like that. You're from Texas. Yeah. We've been to Dallas. Yeah. We might, yeah, we might, have, we might have been in the same space as Rick. Yeah. Uh, when I ordered a pro wrestling crate a couple of months ago and received a Scotty Too Hotty autograph, I instantly wanted to send it to Wilborn for his birthday. Aww. I was gutted when I didn't have enough allowance to send it to him. Rick, save your money. Yeah. Thank you for the, the, the well, thought. Hang on, hang on. I was just taking a call. <laughs> taking a call. Rick's, okay. Rick's too nice for a 14-year-old, and we shouldn't have yeah. made fun, because he got a Scotty Too Hotty autograph, and he wanted to spend his allowance to send it to Wilborn. Don't do that. His allowance? His allowance. No, Ricky, man. Divin. <laughs> Don't do that. Yes. Don't do that. He doesn't Don't do deserve that. it. I appreciate the thought, though. Wilborn um, doesn't deserve that. Um, the th- second best thing I could do was thank all of y'all. Nice. Well, you've written that. That's not me. All, all y'all. Uh, for your amazing shows. Um... For that have been the only things to make me laugh during times when my depression was horrible. Switching gears. <laughs> <laughs> For a five-star review review, pick anything with Maurice. That is good banter there. Yeah. Pick anything. Rick rules, actually. <laughs> with Maurice. Don't care about the video, just the comments. Much love from Texas, Rick. So um, I googled uh, Maurice. Why? I bet you did. Why did you Google it? Because that's what Rick suggested. Not already saving your bookmarks, no? <laughs> you have a history of <laughs> I mean, this is for work um, so and I found a sort of recap of uh, Miz and Marisa's relationship um, was this presumably a uh, hamlet to promote the beginnings of Miz and Mrs yes they, there was a little Wrestlemania reference that dated it right around the time that show was starting 33 33 the match they should have won against their senior and it's 33 Bell. give me the green light yeah Oh, that song is so good that it makes me nostalgic for WrestleMania on which, did I like one match? Goldberg Lesnar, yeah. Goldberg Lesnar's great. What's happened at WrestleMania 3? Uh, Bray Wyatt put maggots in the ring. Undert- is that that one? Undertaker left his hat and coat there. And some of his, oh, yeah, yeah, some of his neck. <laughs> AJ, Shane McMahon had the disgrace match. Yeah. Because uh, Jericho walked pretty much out of the company because <laughs> he felt so disrespected. That was, oh yeah. Right. Is that okay, boss? No. Oh. 
You try and if you want to try and remember the card. All right. I'll, do, I, I, I'll I, give you the I give the kickoff. So you got that. Neville beat Austin Aries, retaining the cruiserweight championship. Didn't make the DVD because I ran out of disc space. So the two didn't get residuals. <laughs> uh, Mojo Rawley was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. They mistook Gronk for a just stupid s- drunk jock fan, which easy mistake to make yeah, yeah. in my opinion. Jinder was like the last guy, and it was like, oh, I wonder how he's like. Like managed to get the look of being the last guy in the Battle Royal. That's probably the most high-profile thing Jinder Mahal yep. ever do. Joke was on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I see title match. Remember that? Mm, Baron Corbin versus Dean Ambrose. Yeah, Dean Ambrose on the kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, main main card. Shane versus AJ opens. Correct. Kevin Owens versus Jericho follows because Jericho was like second match. It's not the opener, yeah. it's not the main event. It's not, it's not, uh, he was disgusted with that. Understandably so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. Fatal four-way for the women's title. Bailey, yeah. N- Nia Jax is that after they completely botched the... Uh, what is it that they botched? The Charlotte Flair thing. There was something that was like yeah, a big hoop yeah. that they could have just... Uh, three horsewomen and Nia, wasn't it? It's like, this can't go wrong. Did you have an undefeated on pay-per-view record? That was the yeah, whittled away. That was the whittled away. Fucking fast lane. Yeah. Uh, next. Ooh. Um, it's, it can't have been the Ronda match yet. No. Triple H, Seth Rollins. H, Seth, yeah. Ronda was a year after. Uh, no, that w- it was next. It was the Hardy Boys returning for the Raw Tag Team Title ladder match. Is that when the hosts, the New Day, said, yeah. "Oh, we don't. We, a, we could have put ourselves in this match, but we don't care about the titles. We prefer stars." Well, that ruled. Go then on. it was. Go on, that ruled. Yeah, then it, it did. Then so, it was, uh, I think they do kind of suck some rules at the same time. So everything <laughs> they do that's good has something wrong with it. That's got bright lights in it. Yeah. Then it was uh, Miz and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella. Uh, who won that? Uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella. And um, why? Why was that? So John Cena could propose to Nikki. How's that working out for him? Uh, many happy. He got year. married. He they got bo- look, look at the. Uh, at they're, the they're both very happily married. That's they're both very out. happily very married. Yeah. Uh, then it was Seth Rollins versus Triple H. Yeah. Do you want to give us a time on that one, Sage? Twenty four. Twenty five thirty one. Twenty Always, always that. He had a longer match, Triple H, at WrestleMania thirty five than Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. Yeah, it felt it at all. That felt horrible. Lot of, that Seth match, a lot of knee work for a Stephanie on table bump. A lot of knee work. A lot of knee work. <laughs> a lot of people were like, yeah, this is a really good fitting kick. Have they ever, and I've written this in an article before, have they ever wasted as much time on something that was just, eh. Than Triple H's WrestleMania legacy. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and Triple H versus Seth Rollins is like yeah. a program. Mm. They invested, like, well over a year. Mm. And David, when they came together to when they broke apart, mm. the amount of time they tried to tell that story and Triple H just got like, ah, people sat on their fucking ass <laughs> at WrestleMania like they always do. Great worker, though. All-time legendary worker is Triple H. I'm going to give people time to really enjoy the roller coaster set because that's what's going to stare at when I'm in the ring. <laughs> uh, then it was... mirrors what I'm going to do, actually. Yeah, in your head. In your, in, yes, dear, in your mind. Uh, what, what followed Triple H's match? Uh, All matches left to get. Just four? Yeah. Right, so we've got Undertaker, Roman in the main event. Yep. We've got Brock and Goldberg, semi-main. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matching between them two. Uh, Bray and Randy. Bray and Randy. Bray and Randy was so next. So short one, so that'll be the SmackDown Women's multi-woman. Yes, it's a six-way, that Naomi won. Indeed, yes. in five minutes and 35 seconds. Triple H went five times as long as that. All right. 
Uh, what were we doing? I'd oh, be- yeah. I had Becky Lynch, like, in the, like, I think it was, like, a Native American aesthetic. I could be wrong about that. She had, like, cornrows and all sorts. Like, with some insane look. Uh, it was just like, you know, you've just checked out, haven't you? You're just going to have some fun on the big stage. And she was the man six months later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. And uh, Miz says, I'll never... <laughs> I, I'm not going to do this. I should have got it for the soundboard. The noise he makes. It's only, like, a minute long, this. But the comments are... Um, I'll never forget meeting my wife for the very first time. What lovely sentiment that is. And we cut back, and it's the 2006, I believe, Divas Search with Maurice doing a little high kick. And Miz, first words, presumably, to her are... (laughs) 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 And he says, uh, I was the host of the Divas Search, and this broad Maurice walks in, and she was like, uh, no speaker English. And she's like, what? Still, I look at that Miz. Every, every well, we've done these before. He's the host. He's the SmackDown guy. Ooh, eh? oh, that, it's still Ooh-rah! Just that guy. Ooh-rah! Ooh-rah! That guy eating fucking chicken in the SmackDown lock is so funny to me. <laughs> is that Ben Wilds back? <laughs> what can possibly go wrong? <laughs> uh, then there was. Uh, then there's a clip of of her from the from the Diva search. And uh, she's whispering French in Miz's ear. I've never wanted to be an ear more in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Love that. Again, it's it's the take. God himself descends from the heavens and says, right, okay, you've, let me cut you a deal. You want to be an ear now, dear? I want to be Miz's ear. So you, like, I'm the wrong ear on the wrong side. <laughs> I can't hear anything. She speaks French. It's the best moment of your life, and then it's a different timeline, and they don't get together. So you're just stuck being the Miz's ear, <laughs> <laughs> having to listen to him oh, talk I, all the time. Be worth it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he says, like, "That's awesome." Immediately after that, he said, "Well, the problem was I never knew what she was saying. What are you say?" Right, and then it cuts back to uh, her in the diva search, and she says, "It is a fantasy." I cannot. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah oh, you can kill Tommy in fantasy. Is that you doing uh, Miz or are you doing you? Um, you will be doing you, I think. That's, 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 that's what really upsets me about this. A little from column A, a little from column B, you've got to be honest. I got a podcast that was stepping on his own dick, but in a way he quite likes, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tommy fantasy. <laughs> and she speaks in French. French. So she. And it's, it reads, it's translated at the bottom. Oh, my God. If it was up to me, I'd bring you back home tonight. Uh, and he said, perfect, she's in. Uh, and Maurice puts it a lot nicer. She says, I find the love of my life. And we walk down the aisle at our wedding all the way to WrestleMania 33. Uh, but this year, I won't be there because I'm pregnant. <laughs> and Miz goes, you are? Get out of here. What? Who's is it? <laughs> and that's the end of the clip. Uh, Spectacularly unfunny, the Miz. Must, yeah. have, a, must have a huge cack. <laughs> Should we go to the comments? Yeah. That's what Rick wanted at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> still alive. What That's what he would have wanted. <laughs> what lesson are we disrupting for this? Uh, Home ec. Home ec. Literally, in Rick's case, actually. Yeah. Uh, what did it well? Dodgeball. This <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> throwing balls at his mum. <laughs> Right. So they go to the comments. Get my again. boiler fixed. Sorry, lads. I've been on the phone. Is that what you've been doing? It's a bit rude. And ordinarily, I'll just airplay mode. I'm but 
uh, had to have a cold shower this morning. Ooh. Absolute worst. Like washing your ass in a goddamn cold <laughs> shower. It's just unpleasant. You got any of that cover? Yeah, that boiler monthly cover gimmick. I don't know. I yeah. think we might have, but we've forgotten a bit of paper. Yeah. So I really don't know. It saves you a lot of money if you do, though. But I spent my morning. And it's maybe does this has this informed my mood on the podcast or did Triple H probably Triple H? But you know when you have to go to these ridiculous lengths not to like give yourself a headache and the worst experience of your life, which is a cold shower where you boil a kettle of water, <laughs> put it in a sink, mix it with some cold, you have to dunk your head in to wash it, and you realize I'm not put my ass in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to like you have to have a bit of a cold shower. And it's just a deeply unpleasant yeah, experience, yeah. but it's all getting sorted out. Mm. So we go to the comments. So, but sorry for being rude. I'm not being on my phone just on Twitter. <laughs> I had to have something sorted and I need to know. I need I have to have a shower at night for the crack and one in the morning because it's weird to wash at night and then not do it in the morning. Yeah, that's yeah, in my opinion. Sleep in your own filth. Mm-hmm. Speaking of filth, comment section. Uh, these do not reflect the views. What, what a pro. Myself, the Dadly Wolves, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Um, Krish uh, gives us our first comment. Uh, says, Miz is the Jim Carrey of WWE. I think that's why I like him so much. Yeah. I, d- I always find them two really affable, Miz and Maurice, together. I didn't hear. You know, typically it's like, oh, actually, bless them. They clearly really love each other and things have just worked out very nice for them. I didn't feel any of that. Like, he was Ugh. very performative, Ugh. wasn't he? Yeah. It's like me and Anne Louise when they get, you came around to our house. Don't you like it? <laughs> I'm like, God, how do you put up with him all the time? Shushing you. Yeah. We put up with him all the time as well. <laughs> Longer, if anything. Co- co-parenting, yeah. Yeah, but he has to listen to her. That's the difference. <laughs> That's a- uh, Lester, um, this is this. I could have written this comment. The Miz is my inspiration. He showed that guys like us, who are ugly pieces of crap, have chances to get hot, gorgeous women out of our league. Or burial. Well, oh, I was like, me and you, the Miz. The Miz is like a classically handsome guy, <laughs> a bit uh, clean cut, square jawed American. Yeah. yeah, for like, you know, for a bad boy. For yeah, just because he's office wacky, don't like misplace him for being an uggo. No, he's, he's definitely not ugly. He's chiselled. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> These do not reflect these myself, Dad. Was there anyone at what culture wrestling? Specifically, the medical analysis of this. Someone's Wait. Written, oh God, I'm dreading this. Someone's written. You know how people are like, ugh, pregnancy, right? Janelle writes, childbirth changes your skeleton. She'll never recover. <laughs> oh, it does. It changes your skeleton. <laughs> Adan, also along the medical front. People shouldn't be allowed the internet. No. I've decided this, you know. I, I'm getting it. I'm there in the horny section now. We got one, two, three, four, five comments here to get through. The first one's the always the biggest section. The first one's the weirdest. So, like, you know, you say about like, so what do you want to be? I want to be a fish so I could be in summer race face. Yeah, you want to be in the Mrs. E M A. So, <laughs> Adan uh, writes. Who'd switch bodies with Maurice? I don't care about the answer I'd get. I don't know what that means if someone says I don't want to switch bodies with Maurice. Wait, wait, wait. He wants to again, 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 again. Who'd sw- there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Who'd switch bodies with Maurice? I think he's... I, he, I struck me as horny, that. Like, oh, my Maurice's body for 24 hours. So, so you can oh. have, yeah, right. Unless they just want to shag the mitts. And it's just, it's, it's oh, horny yeah. for Miz rather than horny Good for Maurice. didn't think of that. Could be, could yeah. be. Uh, Richard makes, this is one slightly more straightforward. Richard just writes, spank me, please. Is <laughs> <laughs> he be naughty? I think he might have been. I think he is, to be honest. <laughs> I think writing stuff like this, very naughty behaviour. Uh, Daddy simply writes. <laughs> 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 I've just read them. 
and the word <laughs> the word gazungas gets thrown around a lot these days. No, it doesn't. By it you. absolutely doesn't. Grundle butter <laughs> writes. Is what? that was that just a comment? Yeah, that was it. The way the word gets because I was expecting. Don't right, look at them, but there. Because I was expecting that to be the... Uh, yeah, the premise. Uh, yeah. Prelude. The prelude to the, to the point. The word gazungas <laughs> gets thrown around a lot these days. But Marisa's tits... <laughs> but my lady... Are gazungas. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But instead he Where's was the just, end of that sentence? He was just I doing it. You've seen this? You heard about this? I think, like, <laughs> he's gone... The word gazungas... Gets thrown around a lot these days. Oh, I finished. <laughs> 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 complete, the, complete it now. Complete the thought. <laughs> Manipulate his thought to issue. <laughs> uh, so, Grundle Butter writes... Oh, God! Well, my tulips just went from six to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means he's got a boner. I think it means the subtext of that is... The horny man from Amsterdam, actually. So he's got a rush of blood to the cack. Tulips. And uh, he's going to start jacking it. And uh, imminently, finally, the final if not, uh, I know what he had in progress. <laughs> final comment here comes from Law, ironically. <laughs> oh, Christ, <laughs> this could be horrendous. I know what those law lads are like. Who writes pervert? Who writes, uh, he writes, this is oh, this is hot. Uh, he writes, oh, it's, <laughs> it's hotter, <laughs> it's hotter only than scrambled eggs from the pan. <laughs> Scrambled eggs from the pan. Yes, it's the only thing hotter than scrambled eggs from the pan is <laughs> Maurice. Oh, it's as hot as hot than scrambled eggs from a pan. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that he's probably put his cock in there? <laughs> in the pan, I mean. Not Maurice. Why would you ever touch that? To like trying to emulate something. Oh. He's had full sex with oh. eight. <laughs> like he's got a ranking system on his wall. <laughs> Hottest thing. You know, like you know, like the Top Gear speedboard. <laughs> Number two, hot things. <laughs> Scrambled eggs from a pan. Picture of Maurice above it. Number three, the sun. <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, hope uh, hope the school work's going well, Rick. Thanks for the five star review. Thanks, Rick. I think it's surely a steak. You cook that on a higher heat. <laughs> We're clearly cooking our eggs really wrong. <laughs> Just look, eggs on fire in the kitchen. How do you want your eggs? Huh? Oh, Christ. Right, back to Raw. Trickle Street Fight time. Pan. Joe in the office. Scrambled eggs on a Junebug. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Bit of fun next. Trick or street fight. Over easy. Over easy. I'm over easy if he keeps talking about it in the office. Thoughts on Riddle dressed as Ezekiel? Good. I thought it was the ultimate warrior, and I initially thought, not like Riddle would be problematic. <laughs> Anyone in tassels, don't they? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's over straight away. And then Chad Gable comes out. And he says, I initially wanted to dress as Socrates, but figured these Dallas dimwits wouldn't work it out. So they've dressed as Chip and Dale off of the Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley, of course. And uh, Topical. 
Vince is still there, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you now. Uh, and in the pump, in, in the past three weeks has been a noticeable shift. Yeah. In the ring, you've still got the usual candy, mm. canned hams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I said that. Candy corn, candlesticks, and pumpkins. Was there a, <laughs> just assorted candies on the mat there? Yeah, some a selection of candy. Of them. Put you. Oh, how was your Halloween, by the way? Oh my god, I should not have. Uh, Sat down at any point. I should just simply kept the door open, stood there with a bucket, and just waited for the kids to feast. To come along and say, trick or treat, as they always do. Well, right. <laughs> so I kept making the mistake of sitting down. I want to stand there. If you're standing yeah, up weird. at your door, you're like, come on, kids. I'll, 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 I'll give you the treats because it's accepted custom, but I don't want to stand there and invite you into my house. <laughs> you know, you're not Hansel and Gretel, and I ain't a witch. I know I'm Brit, but I'm not Brit- I'm not British, but I'm not a British wrestler. So there is a <laughs> difference between the two. Uh, so like sat down, not 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 got up, and honestly, there's this one. Some of the kids started getting like two. I was like, oh, the parents are there. He can't be that guy and say. So I accepted that you just have one bit of sweet. What is it like? Fun size Mars? Are we, what we what we talking? Well, that's got like one of those tubs of like sweet shop. Sweets where it's like refreshers oh, and parma violets and lollies. Yeah. And like, there's about 100 assorted yeah, things that's, in that's there. A, that's one only. Like, I was thinking, yeah, if it's small, small things, fine. But that's, yeah. It's one take, only. Take one, yeah. One only, one only. There's a few kids. There's one kid who got five, and I just instantly lost it. Like, my 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 inner George Costanza came out where I've got this absolutely just disproportionate, like, grasp of what etiquette should be. <laughs> And I just had to say, no, you can't really have five. <laughs> I'll run out and I can see other kids and they're, they're going to descend. So just, uh, let's have one, let's have one. <laughs> don't get five. Like, don't get five. Are. Don't get five. And uh, so there's like a few kids and like, so not tiny. It's, uh, it's pretty yeah. adorable, actually. And then you get like the ones who are like my kid's age. And like, that's normal. Yeah. And then there's some teenagers. Well, like 14 years old. <laughs> and they even dressed up. Well, uh, they, 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 were, they, were, they were at least dressed up. Okay. If I probably like the Costanza would come out if there yeah. was some some kid in a trackie, he's <laughs> fifteen. I was like, get a paper around you. C-. That's what I would have said. That's what I would have said. And then these teenagers. It has the ghost mask or something. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trick or treat. They got deeper voice than you in the taller. Do you want some money? Oh yeah. Then these teenagers end. who were dressed up. Yeah, probably shouldn't have been. Oi oi. Pardon. Trick or treat in my day. <laughs> in my day, yeah. And like, <laughs> just laughed at us. <laughs> oh, you're not with me. Let's go. Great fucking tree choked off. His fucking thinks he's got part. I'm like, that's how the laugh will be here, isn't it? That, in case you didn't know, is so uniquely North. It's not even just a British versus American thing. It's that so uniquely North. Oh, f- off. <laughs> <laughs> you go, hey, fucking daft. Can I have a piece of candy? It's just not going to travel at all, is it? That's how, that's honestly, that's honestly how the Geordie Newcastle youth laughs. That's probably how Park Park would have laughed when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, yeah, um, Riddle and Otis. <laughs> 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 
Trickle Street fight. That's done as in that. Awful, because you hear about like the like the train station coming out of work or the metro. I'll be like, oh god, just keep my head down. Just yeah. <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna be forty and still terrified of that laugh. It's like one of the dinosaurs just about just keep walking. Uh. <laughs> 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 and you got a better joke, but they don't care. They're in a back. They're in a yeah, no, no. Riddle hit a dive after the break. Otis wiggled his hips and then was allowed to do the caterpillar for one night mm. only, which got a decent baby. Uh, Riddle just instead then just grabs a kendo stick and starts nailing him with it. Uh, Gable gets involved and knocks him down. Elias is there in uh, in Riddle's corner, though, and he knees Gable off the apron through a table, which was a nice spot. Otis hits the uh, world's strongest slam, goes for a Vader bomb, misses that, though, uh, and so Elias puts a pumpkin on Otis's head, who gets RKO'd for the victory. Called it. The, you did. The pumpkin. Did. The, the pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like the pumpkin on the head spot. Yeah. I think it's really funny. They do it in the office with Dwight. Um, I just think it's a funny visual. Daddy Dangley did it a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, I think there was a Dolph Ziggler one maybe as well. It's It makes me laugh. <laughs> Seeing a pumpkin <laughs> on a human body. I'm over pumpkin on human body. Having seen it so many times. Mm. You've seen Heidi Klum dressed as a worm? Yes, it's a... My it's God, it's the weirdest thing. thing. It's awesome. It's too good. She looks like what, uh, like a Henson, a Jim Henson 80s creation or something. The like amount of money that's her. gone into the design, obviously she has it. But yeah. no, this is a comedy segment designed. There's, she's, there's one where she's interviewed on the floor lying down and her lying down face with the microphone against it is... Everyone should Google this who are listening, otherwise yeah. they'll have... Uh, they're completely oh, she lost. interviewed. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, it was like half man, half worm. I didn't realise that nah. was her other half or whatever. Her husband's like a fisherman, I think, and he's the worm's hanging off the rod, yeah. hanging off his rod. <laughs> oh, and it's look in the comment section for this as well. I bet oh, you do. Show us that picture. <laughs> it's just really good. It's just really, really good <laughs> indeed. Yeah, this is, this, they've always done this, this trick-or-treat fight for years for the sole purpose of making Vincent Mann go, ha, <laughs> 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 But I don't really do that laugh, so I don't really laugh at it. Did you do that laugh when you were younger? No. Growing up in Gateshead? Nah, absolutely not. Um, I think 215. I might have did that nasally, pure, yeah, proper, Oh, it's pure mint, that. <laughs> oh, it's better. But I never went... <laughs> 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 I've gone off on a tangent here. Someone else is dressed as... Uh, Why are you looking at cheerleaders on your computer? Oh, someone's dressed as, someone's dressed as <laughs> the Looney Tunes, the bunny from Space Jam, and someone's written, I zoomed into your feet, I can say they're pretty cute. So I found <laughs> another comment section. This is my afternoon. Here we go. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Riddle, yeah, it was a good fun match. Right. Uh, they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they rally each other ahead of the uh, the title match coming later. And then it was time for a Mustafa Ali versus The Miz. Thoughts on Mustafa Ali's new gear? Look really great. Grace Waller esque. Yeah. Um, it might be the thing. Like, he's still, he's still a bit of a geek. Uh, like, I can tell a guy is getting pushed, but it doesn't mean that push is going well. Yes. And that's how I would sum up Mustafa Ali at the moment. So it's like, wow, well, cool. It's a bit like the thing with Ricochet and SmackDown. 
oh yeah, he's getting featured, but he's still a total dork. And total I don't, dork. I don't know how you get them out of this infinite mm. loop of dork stuff. He, yeah. uh, celebra- are you going to go through the rundown? Yeah, he uh, he hit a rolling neck breaker to get a two count, uh, bails out the 450, Miz rakes the eyes and send him into the turnbuckle, takes to a break. When we come back, they're fighting on the outside. Then Dexter Loomis is there, and he snatches Miz up uh, in a chokehold uh, whilst the referee's checking on Ali. And Miz escapes and gets back in. Loomis runs off. Shout out to that security guard who cleared the entire barrier, by There's the an way. an indie wrestler who wanted to get 100% uh, a gif, but he did well because that looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, Ali hits a 450 for the victory here. The idea that Triple H bollocks that guy. Who the hell do you think you are outworking Dexter Loomis? You're not a goddamn star around here. <laughs> that's, that's 10 times more exciting than anything Dexter Loomis will ever do in his career. And he had one spot. It's an incredible spot. Incredible entrepreneurial spirit yeah. on the part of yeah. that um, indie wrestler. Um, Mustafa Ali, in addition to being just a <laughs> cool guy with his witticisms, pathetic. <laughs> Do you see the way he celebrated this match when he had realistically little to do with it and it was Loomis who like gave him the opening to win. He celebrated like he just, it was like his version of, uh, it was as if he'd actually had the program with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35. <laughs> if he had have won the match, that's how he would have celebrated. And as you've beaten the Miz on a distraction finish and you're celebrating like that, like what's wrong with this company? Like, he doesn't know he's a distraction finish in his defense. But the Miz is already coming in with a broken jaw. Yeah, yeah, it was a Roman weak victory at best. Yeah. Ultimately, this company has just this significant problem with how they portray portray their baby faces. Yeah, they are such dorks. If you happen to be like not Sheamus sized, you're a tit. Mm. Uh, time for the true. I don't like st- watching tits. Do you, Wilborn? Hmm? Time for the true story of Dexter Loomis and the Miz. They aired this like a six, 60 minutes segment. Uh, Gargano sits down. With a lot of people Sunday scaries actually. Yeah, sixty minutes. Uh, he sits down with Byron Saxon to send the st- uh, to 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 tell the story. Uh, there was nice flashbacks reenactments with Gargano playing all the parts. <laughs> Gargano says he's known Lewis for years. Talks about their history in NXT. Um, married into his family, and he's had to accept accept him like a son-in-law or a pet raccoon. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He said their family fell apart. Loomis lost his job, fell on hard times, uh, and Miz took advantage of the toll that took on his psyche. Uh, And on the night of Gargano's return, he he overheard a conversation between Miz and Loomis, and then he plays an audio recording, which reveals that uh, Miz was saying to Loomis, oh, that sleeve was a little bit bit snug, but uh, I like what we're doing. Let's keep this up. And it's revealed that this whole thing has been a plot by the Miz to generate sympathy for himself. He's been paying Loomis to fake attack him, to keep him relevant. He's basically employed his own celebrity stalker. um, And he runs through examples as to, you know, these things happening, these little things that he's noticed throughout the recent weeks. And then Brian's like, yeah, but what about that United States Championship match? And he's like, it's just to generate more sympathy. Let's be honest, he was never going to beat Bobby Lashley, was he? Um, and then he says, all right, well, why did Miz attack Loomis with a chair? And Gargano's got, Gargano's got a theory. Uh, Miz has stopped paying Loomis. Loomis is now coming after him to get what he's owed. And, uh, yeah, they, they cut back. The crowd, are, the crowd are enthralled by all this. And uh, Corey Graves calls it a farce. I really like this. Corey Graves wasn't wrong. My well, thoughts, well, why? My thoughts are going to be all over the place. He's offended. Uh, why? He's um, explained everything. Right. So Your ability to determine that they've told a story... Does not make the story good. 
But it, it's it drives. It's my biggest pet peeve in all of wrestling <laughs> fandom. Genuinely, I don't think there's a single thing that boils my piss more. Actually, there was this morning, and I wish I could remember it. <laughs> Is it not boiler, not working. But there's something to do with wrestling. That you, right? had piss, okay. but you had piss, but it was freezing cold because you couldn't boil it. Jesus Christ. John Moxley told a story. Yeah. Yeah, the story was rubbish. It doesn't. Uh, the lowest possible bar. And he told the story. <laughs> it was a bad story. It makes no sense. Do you know how they knew it was bad? The bit where Byron Saxon's saying, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? He had all the answers for it. No, that's knowing full well that people are going to pick this apart because it's nonsense and they could not. They've set a load of stuff up and they couldn't think of a good payoff. So they've come up with this payoff and they're like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Well, we'll just put it in there. Then that'll, that'll, that'll cover it, won't it? Well, they're probably not working together anymore. Oh, cool. Problem solved. Like we've dealt with that plot hole then. I, and I said this to this morning, genuinely admired. I, I think an element of this has been planned. I don't think all of this has just been making up on the spot or writing on the back of a pack of tabs the week prior. <laughs> the Miz was selling this. Oh, am I just, what am I, chap liver? Now when like Champa was getting all the matches and he was getting the big moments. So there was this idea that the Miz was becoming a little bit jealous and a little bit nervous that his time had passed and there was all these new stars coming in. The Miz wasn't a Triple H guy and all this kind of thing. So maybe this was always the plan. I, w- I will cu- Maybe that's generous, but I'll kind of give him that. Yeah, spot on. But I think the execution has been mostly terrible. I've not enjoyed any of this Dexter Lumis thing, really. Uh, and they worked so hard. They were so committed to making this silly in order, I think, to... Convince people that it's good. That, that's what I think happened. And the, Byron, the questions were part of that as well, the Byron Saxon thing. It was, it was like funny-ish in places, but Johnny yeah, Gargano remains... Is he scripts? You know, they've got like the... I mean, it's not scripts, is he? Sean Stasiak, because he's recording people's oh, conversations, God, yeah, apparently. So that's, again today, don't we? that's fine. Like they look next for scripts. Yeah. Well, this, apparently, they love that bit, don't they? Like, they've got a little sound bar thing, and it's... Mm. Oh, it's just... And again, I said this when it was just wacky stuff... This gets us to the Miz versus Dexter Lumis. I don't want to watch that. Yeah, I, never, I don't want to watch never the match. Did. I they, thought this explanation was good. You said that it was a sympathy ploy to make himself look sympathetic. The way Gargano was talking was, oh, it's just, you know, it's just for his profile and to and get people talking the about it. The cancelable him. bit was he's so desperate to be an influencer that he will traumatise his wife and kids. Because and he's Dex, a victim, yeah. Dexter Lumis will be outside the house for two weeks and they'll be terrified and not know what's going on. Or poor shaman. Yeah. Or like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. It's preposterous. The man is a international wrestling TV star with his own reality TV show. Why would he need to do this ridiculous charade? It's If they'd done this for three weeks, I'd be like, all right, okay. It's been months. It's been months of this, and that's the payoff. Like, as I wrote in Ups and Downs, which I covered for Scott Carlson today, and the otherwise very good Scott Carlson on Raw, I did the Ups and Downs. You can read it right now at whatculture.com slash WWE. WWE is bad enough in itself, and it gets even worse if you have an imagination of what it could be. <laughs> and if you think about what Johnny Gargano could be doing, yes, it's a bit of a disgrace to be perfectly honest. Like, what must the casuals? Funny <laughs> bit. Well, the casuals think of Johnny Gargano. Who's this f- geek? Yeah. He's just decided to just be this whistleblowing Zach Morris prop comedy dork. Like, this only worked in NXT, and obviously no one was watching it because no one responds on main roster TV in the crowd, two developments that have sprung from NXT. But it only worked for those, you know, a few thousand NXT fans because it was kind of a relief that Gargano wasn't doing these 40-minute, oh, man, yeah, look at my hands. Yeah. Oh, my God, I've kicked out of 10 
moves in the past minute. The rest of the entire show was so horribly drab. Yeah. It was just something, wasn't it? That's I think it was just tinged with relief and just a change, refreshing change in direction. And oh my god, he's got some comedic chops. Actually, that worked as respite from the dank and from the excess of the Johnny Gargano character when it just fell off a cliff. Doesn't work anymore. Telling you that for me. Love when you prefer to be on. You remember when everyone was saying, "Sorry." Oh. Good, jo- good career move from Johnny Gargano because if you had a sign with AEW, he would have got lost in the shuffle doing Dynamite some weeks and Dark the next. I bet you wish he was doing that right now. It's not been a good... I don't think it's been a particularly good return for Gargano. I think he's been no. I think he's been miscast in a couple of different ways now. Um, as well, just because you can never forgive them for this, or you shouldn't. Um, when they do... Uh, yeah, Dexter Lumis fell on hard times. I because you sacked him. Like, it, if the hard times he fell on was because WWE, this massive cuts, are they the villain in all of this? Is it not really the Miz or Dexter Lumis? Is it WWE for sacking Dexter Lumis in the first place mm. and forcing him into such hard times that he'd be willing to help the Miz? The way they just throw that line out there, things were getting really tough for Dexter Lumis because of us. <laughs> we plunged him into poverty for no good reason. Right, main event time. Women's tag team titles on the line. Dakota Kai and Io Sky defending against Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Uh, back and forth early on. Um, it, Asuka and Bliss actually take control, but then Sky catches Asuka with a dragon screw, uh, and they take over, do damage Katal for the break. When we come back, Asuka fights off her opponents, eventually makes a hot tag to Bliss, who hits Kai with a Fez press, strikes, drop kick, code red, gets a two count. Asuka comes back in, tries to put Kai in an arm bar, but Sky breaks it off and, and uh, hits Bliss with a backbreaker. Kai attacks the injured leg of Asuka, uh, and Sky hits a running double knee strike and a springboard drop kick for two. Sky comes off the top. Asuka counters beautifully into a code breaker for a near fall. Puts her in the Asuka lock, does Asuka. Sky is tapping at this point, but Bailey's got the referee, so Kai breaks it all up. Bailey and uh, ba- Bianca Belair get into it as a result of the distraction there from Bailey. They fight over the barricade, they brawl, and they eventually uh, come off the top of something <laughs> through uh, a table uh, that's uh, that's in the crowd, basically. Uh, and it's, it's a rush for the finish between the two tag teams. Um, Asuka dodges Sky's moonsault, kicks Sky in the head, tags in Bliss. Bliss hits her with Twisted Bliss. One, two, three. We have new women's tag team champions. I liked a great deal of this. Um, I thought the work was surprisingly snug. I really enjoyed the six-woman at Clash at the Castle, and I swear to God, I must have seen this tag match before, if not a slightly different combination of it. But I never felt like the work was as real as it felt. This felt like an actual fight. They were, like, Asuka and Alexa Bliss, there's there's never even really an explanation for why they're mates other than help Bianca Belair. But this felt like they were wronged babyfaces finally trying to get redemption, and that's really hard in an impromptu main event for belts that mean nothing. So I thought physically it was a total over-delivery in that regard. And... Maybe, just maybe, there is something to damage Katal. Not a lot, but something. Because there was real molten heat for the finish. I was comparing, but just before we started recording, I was comparing this to Sidric to being like, every week we'll come on an AW podcast, I'm like, I don't care about Ring of Honor, I don't care about the belts. But just work me into it, and then there's a belt at the end, it's wrestling. I'm like, oh my God, somebody's yeah. going to win the Ring of Honor TV title, no way. That kind of happened here, and the whole building was with it as if this meant something. So sometimes, I guess you can fake it till you make it with title matches and divisions that look like they're on their ass because people sort of came unglued for it. And to be fair, I think the work warranted it. Mm. So I would say this is like a, a success from like out of the jaws of failure, this. I felt something watching this match, and I could not believe it. Like two and a half hours into a roll that I didn't enjoy. I'm already thinking, oh, fuck's sake. I should probably start writing the draft for this. I'm like, <laughs> my mind wasn't really on it. I was in a mood because of so much of this being rubbish, and I felt something. I thought the finish was genuinely really, really good, and some of the action was great. They 
when he likes talk think about the drama swinging like a pendulum. It's such a mint bit where Eosky's about to jump off the top rope. She gets face busted off Asuka. And then they do the spot where she's tapping frantically, but the referee doesn't see it. And then you think, well, she's done for. If they can just cover her, um, Io Sky, then they'll win the titles. And then, like, seconds later, they get to the spot where Io regroups, and she's about to PK um, Alexa Bliss on the apron. Alexa Bliss ducks, and then Io Sky back heels her in their face, and it mm. just... Great spot. Yeah. And you thought she was done for. Like, they genuinely engineered, like, loads of drama here as well. Cheat code, title switch. You could pop, not the 24-7, that's a rule-proven exception, but I'm to try any title. If you switch it, we'll get a pop. It's a mm. cheat code. Like, the timing's weird. Surely you want to present damage control. At least fake it. Everyone knows it's a bit rubbish. At least fake that they're a big deal by winning a match such as this so that at War Games, it feels like the big baddies are getting what's coming to them. But it's going to feel like a struggle to get there because they've been so dominant beforehand. That's kind of how you book, I think. I think. Um, <laughs> Triple H hasn't done that. He's done a pretty wretched job, actually. Um, but it's a temporary thing where I let it play out. The, the action here was hard. Mm. Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, we'll be back a little bit later on today to preview NXT. Uh, make sure, if you haven't done so already, you leave us a five-star review review on iTunes, uh, just like Rick Lynn did. Uh, or you can also uh, leave us a five-star review on on Spotify, and then email me your review, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.